0: 21, Giants 16. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by CK. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Penick. And we got to see our New York Giants in game action for the first time since the Eagles playoff loss. Large majority of the starters did not play, so we you know, we're gonna talk we're gonna be talking a lot about death, but some starters did play, you know, John Michael Smith's and the interior guys. We need to talk about those. The corners, Jason Pinnock obviously played all really time. well. So luckily the the guys that do start, we kinda come away with some good impressions from. But and all of just talking about this as a game, special teams screwed the Giants and uh, Wyatt Davis and Corey Cunningham specifically <laughs> ruined this game for the Giants.
1: I hate starting off a pod like this. I'm really excited that the that Giants football is back. We are back, baby. But man, this was a boring ass. game. I hate to say that because it's like its first preseason game back. I'm
0: usually pumped, but this was one of the more even if they even if they had like Tommy DeVito game winner that would have been fun, but just it's kind of a boring game to talk about, which is not great for keeping you guys in. But you know what? Stay in with us. And
1: also, like when one of your main one of our main points is special teams and we're talking about special teams as a reason why the result of the game happened i feel like nine times out of ten it's because well the special teams sucked and if you know us we hate talking about special teams yeah i want to do like special teams because we want to talk
0: about David looking at mcgahee like in the break between offense and defense i want to start with offense let's start with offense and we'll tyro taylor only threw the ball four times had a ball back like some design stuff that just didn't work out nothing to take away from that uh Tommy DeVito went 11 for 17, 100 yards, a touchdown, zero interceptions. Had a couple of scrambles, and Tommy DeVito had a very good chance, like, of coming out here and losing an NFL job. Like that happens in the preseason. You get these, especially an undrafted free agent quarterback. There's nothing tied to you. There's nothing invested into you. Where you can come in here and you can be horrible, like Clayton Thorson was a couple of years ago, and then you get cut the next day, and the team is looking for a different third string quarterback because hey, we need someone who's, you know, if in an emergency situation, we can put in as the backup. Or, or, or even being the backup if Daniel Jones was to go down. You kind of need someone you can trust to run an offense. And I I think DeVito did that. Like, he didn't have any bad decisions. He escaped the pocket when he could with the pressure. Um, good accuracy and touch showed up. He had the touchdown that Tommy Sweeney— That was sweet. Yeah, that was a nice— story. So I, I think Tommy, uh, Tommy DeVito came in here, and maybe it goes south in the next two preseason games— But showed, okay, you can be confident with this guy as a practice squad QB3 guy.
1: You know, and in a way, Bobby, he had some plays with good protection, but the majority of the plays, both tackles, Corey Cunningham and Wyatt Davis, absolutely just tanked the offense in the second half. We talked a lot about this on our long road trip to and from Detroit about quarterback play and evaluating quarterback play. And kind of, you really get to see a quarterback's guts when things aren't perfect and when things are kind of falling apart around you and even more than the touchdown throw that Tommy DeVito had to Tommy Sweeney, shout out Don Bosco Prep, both of those guys went to Don yeah, Bosco. Tommy to
0: Tom, that's like a great New Jersey. Tommy
1: to Tommy, preseason memory. <laughs> Tommy to Tommy, Tommy DeVito Italian, Tommy DeVito, Tommy Sweeney, both Don Bosco Prep, awesome. But even more impressive than that was the fact that he, there were some plays where he felt the pressure and he tried to extend plays. There was even one play where he had, like, a spin move, but it didn't count because I think of, a, like, a wide Somebody had a holding on the... Maybe it was Jack Anderson. Jack Anderson had, like, a penalty um, up there. So Tommy DeVito did look like he can operate an offense, and we were saying the same thing about him, uh, like, in our in our UDFA review of him. Yeah, you Is, put him in
0: well-structured offense, yeah. and he has a good accuracy, good touch on the ball. Um, and like you said, like we got to see him with a horrible offensive line play, and then... We're talking – like, he didn't come out here and light it up or nothing. No. But like you said, he can operate an offense. Yeah. And uh, I thought he and, bounced back. At least back. in the preseason. Obviously, it's different with live bullets and different types of coverages and stuff looking at you. But we've seen – again, I go back to Clayton Thorson two years ago. Mm. We saw a guy who was like, this guy just doesn't belong in the NFL field. Cut him. Let's bring in Brian Lewerke. like to, to see what yep. he can do. So,
1: And I thought he bounced back. I think that first sack that he took early – early on in his appearance, and that's when the starting, like, the the quote-unquote starting offensive line was still in there, I thought that there was a sack that he took where it's like, dude, you gotta, you know, extend the play, move your legs a little bit, move the pocket, but then the rest of the sacks that he took, the offensive, lineman, the offensive line was just flat-out horrible, and there were plays that he did extend, and he had good pocket awareness and stuff like that, so... Shout out Tommy DeVito. One play, one play of twenty plus yards too. Uh, so that'll be that'll be fun for the explosive play report.
0: The starters didn't uh, play today. I just I, we didn't really talk about that at the top. The starters didn't play today, which I am fine with uh, because they went so hard in those joint practices. Mm-hmm. If they would have played a series too, I would have been cool with that. Probably would have just preferred that just to get one series to talk about them selfishly. <laughs> uh, are you still like last year though, where it's second game do you want those guys playing close to a half or a quarter in five minutes? I because want I them, am, they I need, want. Yeah, you need. I, I, I just. I'm a big believer that your quarterback needs to see live bullets before the season starts. I want them not playing play something. The game. Yeah, something.
1: You know, uh, I think it. De- Waller, it depends, and some other guys it depends, but I want Jones getting out there. If put Andrew Thomas out there when Daniel Jones is out there.
0: Yeah, I, I just believe. Even if Evan Neal comes back from the concussion, I think there's just it's just a lot different playing quarterback when. You can't be touched versus when you can, and
1: I tell Daniel Jones not to run.
0: I just, yeah, (laughs) I, yeah, I do, I do think he used to get some live bullets out there, but I I figure we say that before we get into it. Yeah, Wyatt Davis and Corey Cunningham were frustrated. I mean, they were just their feet were stuck in mud. Like they were, they looked like they had cement blocks on their feet and were like basically ruined the second half yeah. for the Giants. Where the only touchdown that I mean, that was in the first half where the touchdown was to Tommy Sweeney, but even that was with the first team offensive line. But I do want to talk about the offensive line. Obviously, Thomas and Neal didn't play, but John Michael Smith, Ben Bredesen, and Josh Suzutu did. I went back and watched that's probably the thing I watched the closest in my rewatch of this game. John Michael Smith was good, like especially in pass protection. His hand usage was great. Like He was really, really good in pass protection. He got hands... Like It was just awesome, clean technique. Obviously, it's against the Lions backups, so you don't overreact and say he's a superstar. But in pass protection, I was really, really impressed where you can see guys come in and, and be embarrassed early on. Like even Josh Azudu, like... Josh Izudu had two really bad plays, Damn. one with a, a sack and one with a quick initial loss, and his hand his hand punch was consistently high. We talk about technique with the hands. His hand punch was consistently high. Ben Bredesen, I thought, was good outside of one play, but he did have that one play where uh, it was a sack. He got disengaged after a couple seconds. It wasn't like the worst block ever, but it wasn't a good block either. So at least John Michael Smith didn't have those in pass production. He had a really great stunt pickup, and the... the The one negative is I'll say there was run plays where he just didn't get to his angles well, which is like, you got to get used to that NFL speed, the NFL run defenses where you, I mean, timing is everything in the run game, especially when you're moving to the second level. There was just times where he didn't get to his angles um, in the run game.
1: But I mean, overall, you take this debut for John Michael Schmitz in some sort of NFL action.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously he's an older rookie at 24 years old, but a lot of times the preseason isn't about, like, this guy did good, this guy did good. It's You just this, don't want to see bad? This guy didn't do bad. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, so I would say, like, JMS looked balanced, under control, and comfortable. Like, if I had to put, you know, kind of like in, in three different phrases for his debut, balanced, under, under control, and comfortable. Are you—oh, ba- you're sneezing back there. Go ahead. Balanced, under control, and comfortable. Azudu, Jeff is looking at me like, what the fuck was that? I don't sneeze on camera. <laughs> Uh. I was trying to like kind of peek around the corner. <laughs> Bobby has sworn to never sneeze on the camera. last episode of talk. The last guy, episode of talk of giants on ever. Uh, I want to talk about Azudu though. Um, I- I'm glad that you watched more and you said that th- the two bad plays were bad. But other than that, he was. Well, His hand punch was consistently high. Okay, like there was good reps well, where. Well, That's my main thing. Where... I talked
0: about him with t- like that's why he's on my guys. The wash list is not necessarily results. How is his hand usage and his hand usage was consistently high. Now there are times where he was able to get in front of guys and have those hands slide down in the good positioning, but it was as consistently coming up here on you know top of the One shoulder. One of his two
1: bad plays I saw a punch and hands were grabbing towards like by the ear hole and that's how much he missed and that's how much he missed so high. I'm like what are we what are we doing there, man? We got to get those hands down.
0: Yeah, so that is that is Worrisome, right? Because we're going to go against Lions' backups, sometimes even third stringers, and it's just that, like that's good. Yeah, and good NFL defense alignment, especially in the NFC East, are going to take advantage of that. Yeah. You know, and we need to see improvement out of Josh Zudu You know, by the end of this season, yeah. I would or say you can't. Like, if there's if there's not if he's struggling at the end of the year, it's hard to bank on him. You know, and even though like guards sometimes year three is when guards mm-hmm. it comes together, it's just. I want to, and it's it's not as bad as the hand usage was at the beginning of early last season, right? So there has been improvement, but I just want to see that hand strike be more consistent where it was, to me, it was consistently high and it led to a couple of really bad reps.
1: I would say if I have, if there's one overreaction that I have from this game, which I really don't, like a lot of what happened, I don't have
0: any strong reaction.
1: A lot of what happened in this game very much matches what I've seen in camp. With some like player evals, and then even what happened this week in joint practices, you know, with like Javarius Owens, Alex Cook, Timon Fox, a lot of the guys that like I observed this week, especially on the defensive side of the ball, since I watched the defense side of the defensive side of the ball so much this week, a lot of it kind of matches like what happened in the joint practices. But if I have one giant overreaction from this game, it's that in my brain, I'm kind of penciling in Mark Owens get right guard. John Michael Schmitz at center and Ben Bredesen at left guard. That's what I'm I'm kinda like watching the how bad some of the bad Azudu stuff is, that's my like overreaction to this game.
0: Yeah, I, I mean if that were, if you asked me what my guess of the starters would be, that would be it. Yep. You know, Mark Lewinsky didn't play today. Which I think speaks to he will be the starting right guard. So to me, it's a Ben Bredesen versus Josh Azuda battle, and they want Azuda to win. Yeah, but I do think Ben Bredesen ends up yeah. winning that. I, I think they do a rotation, but I think Ben Bredesen starts the rotation yeah. at least.
1: Any thoughts on Parrot? Not
0: really. I mean, he had some good stuff and he had some bad plays, but that's who Matt Parrot is. Like it's it's year four. I'm not evaluating Matt Parrot anymore. Okay. No, I do think he's the best option for swing tackle. Obviously, Corey Cunningham. Corey Cunningham is worse than what he was in past years. Like that. Like, I've watched Corey Cunningham play. It hasn't been as bad as it was then. Now, Tyree Phillips didn't play. I don't know if that's injury or what, um, but I still, Matt Parrott to me is the swing tackle, and it's not the best situation in the world, but not many teams have a good swing tackle spot, right. but, but I'm not evaluating Matt Parrott. I know what Matt Parrott is. Like, he's got the athleticism, so you see good stuff, but too, too often... He opens up for the corner to get around him. His feet don't match his athleticism, and guys get around the corner. Yeah. That's what Matt Parrott is. I, there's, there's no more evaluation for Matt Parrott for me. Yeah, There was a
1: play. You, know, you just said Corey
0: Cunningham. He also playing left tackle, which he's been at right tackle right. the last week since seven have kneel injury. So, some in the, so I'm, I'm just not evaluating Matt
1: Parrott. But you mentioned Corey Cunningham. There was a sack that Corey Cunningham allowed where – he just didn't get out of his stance for the first second and a half of the play.
0: Him and Wyatt Davis I mean, they tanked the offense yeah. in the second half. They did not anytime the offense would do something good, the next play would be Wyatt Davis yeah. and Corey Cunningham uh screwing it. I up.
1: think Doug Analytics tweeted out the win probability graph. I think the Giants at one point had a thirteen to three lead and I think it was around halftime. So I think around like the early parts of the second half when it was still thirteen to three they had like an 80% win prob- probability and then Wyatt Davis and Corey Cunningham check into the game and then it quickly turned the other way. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tommy me DeVito was sacked five
0: times. Five not times. great, Johnny. Five, not go- five times. Not good, not happy. I don't want to spend too much time on the receivers, but all of the...
1: I have stats. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> giant slot wide receivers uh, made the biggest impact. Um they had nine giant slot wide receivers had nine catches. That's half the completions, and eighty six of the hundred sixty two yards as well. I'm counting Cole Beasley as a slot receiver. I'm counting James Crowder, Khalil Pimpleton, and Jaden Mickens as the slot wide receivers. I don't know why I put Tommy DeVito down for a hundred yards. Um, he had one hundred fifty five
0: yards. Yeah, one hundred fifty. Uh, yeah, one hundred fifty five. Yeah. So the Giants said that earlier. So
1: basically. The Giants slot wide receivers, four different players, like I said, Beasley, Crowder, Pimpleton, and Mickens. And Mickens only had one catch for six yards. They accounted for half of the passing offense tonight.
0: Beasley had four catches for 33 yards, and one of those was a design play where he got tackled behind the line of scrimmage. He had two third and long catches where one was a slant where he cooked the guy and the other one was an option route where he catches the ball and then breaks the guy. And this is early in the game against the Lions' second teamers. Cole Beasley is making the team, and you saw why. Like, not going to go lose my mind. He's not athletic anymore. But Cole Beasley is going to make this team, and I'm telling you, he's going to get third down snaps on the team because of stuff like that. Like, Cole Beasley can get 12 snaps a game. Seven or eight of those are gonna be on third and you know five to seven yards where he that's where he thrives and they didn't bring him in here for any reason. Also, Jamison Crowder had two catches for thirty two yards. One was a third down, um, so I, I, I don't have much takeaways from the receivers but besides Bryce Ford. Wheat hype dead, officially dead. I mean, he had the offensive pass interference.
1: Tommy DeVito missed him. On what like the one big mistake that Tommy DeVito had was missing Bryce Ford Wheaton in the middle of the field. I think that was on the final drive of the game. Maybe? Yeah, it was. They had and then they had the pass up the sideline
0: where it just he couldn't make he didn't make the play, and he and then there was a drop. The third down drop where you're six foot four, you're this big bodied guy. You can't
1: let that ball come into your yeah, body. Yeah. You gotta go back. If, go
0: if that's Isaiah Hodgins, not talking about the route or anything, just Isaiah Hodgins at the catch point. That's a first down. With Bryce Ford Wheaton, he lets it get into his Can't chest. do that. Guy's able to break it up, and he doesn't catch the ball. So, like, Bryce Ford Wheaton hype is done. Uh, he is – I know he's going to be on the practice squad. I'd be surprised if he's not. But there's not, like, this Bryce Ford Wheaton, you know, hype train going to get rolling from preseason.
1: I still think he can have, like, hey, like, go out there next week uh, against the Panthers and – have a better game and have like some good moments in the preseason. I still think that's a possibility, but I did notice them you know. lining him, lining
0: him up like near the tackles, like kind of like a split out tight end. Mm-hmm. I if and I don't think he's ever going to be anything in the NFL. Like I, I do believe he's an undrafted free agent for a wide receiver. I don't think his forty time is real. Uh, he does have a drop problem. He catches with his chest. Um, he does. He's not a good route runner. It is to move to tight end. Okay. Like I'm not gonna. I don't feel like having the long. Like, but I talked about it. In, like when we were in mini, talking about mini camp and stuff. That is the path for him to play in the NFL is to become
1: a tight end. Giants like coaching staff and this Giants offense is also putting tight ends lined, flanked out wide at a tremendous rate so far this year. You know the Darren Waller effect. So um, you know we'll we'll see. We'll see how they continue to use him. But you know. Um, do I want to say anything about Cole Beasley? Dude's going to get separation. And what, like what he did today is just like that's what that, that's what we knew Cole Beasley was going to come in and be, and that's what I think he is going to be for this Giants offense. He's going to be a chain mover. He's going to come in on third down. He's going to run an option route. He's going to run an out route. He's going to run deep curls, and it's he's going to be effective. Yeah. Uh, David Sills jumped 10 feet in the air caught a ball out of bounds and I believe he had a 20 plus yard receiving play
0: it wasn't it was
1: like 12 yards um no David Sills 22 22 22. wow. wow you're super wrong with your numbers um Colin Johnson hurt
0: yeah anything on the running backs Eric Gray looked a little lost at the start and then he started breaking like there was three plays where he broke tackles one where he just like put his A catch where he just put it like through a dude's chest. Another one where it looked like he was tackled and and he broke tackles. Corbin looked good with speed. James Robinson was slow. Corbin had the the 33 yard run. uh, Ended the day with three carries for 40 yards. Uh, Gary Bretwell didn't play. Saquon didn't play. Burita got like one carry. So there's uh, running backs usually pop off in the preseason and have good preseasons. Like last year, all the running backs did well. uh, And we just didn't get that today.
1: Well they gave James Robinson most of the run when they had like most of the competent offensive lineman in there and James Robinson's just slow. I thought there were multiple opportunities for James Robinson to maybe take take a different route or take a different hole or cut back here and there and he's just slow and he just didn't do it. Yeah. I will say about Eric Ray, I was disappointed that we didn't see a little more quickness out of him. I know he's not fast, but he looked more like a power back out there rather than like the efficient cutback guy that we saw at Oklahoma. So uh, we did see like the broken tackles and in the open field and he caught some balls and he had yards after contact. But I was expecting a little bit more like shiftiness and maybe a little bit more quickness out of Eric Gray. It's his first NFL action I know, and this is not a judgment on his career. But I I just thought that it would be a little different seeing him finally. In per- it's like seeing him finally like in an actual game. What do you think about that?
0: Um, he just wasn't. He didn't get any space through the hole to yeah. be that one cutback. Like, and that's fair. Like his, he was kind of just out on the edges, right? Where again, he ran through a dude's chest. He broke uh, a tackle where he sp- like kind of spun out of it. Um, I you just didn't see him get that space up through the hole to really be that that one cut get you know make a linebacker mess. Where it was a lot of stuff was against DBs, um, breaking tackles versus DBs too. So not linebackers, but there was really no big takeaways with the backs. Nice nice job by Corbin using his speed. We yep. even saw that in the joint practice the other day where he got out on the edges and had a big play. Uh, the defense is the talking point. I know we started with offense, like we usually do. Before we get into the defense, the special teams almost gave up a fifty-yard onside kick, and that's another Eric Gray thing. They had a pre-snap penalty on the punt, and then on that punt, give up a touchdown. And you saw you got the clip. I mean, oh my God! Dable glaring at Thomas. It McKay. was the
1: it, it was the most apparent stink eye. McGee I've ever was ever seen. McGee, somebody he's give.
0: walking past him, and Dable's staring at him. And then, as McGee's walking past, he moves. He turns his head with him and just stares him down. McGee doesn't say anything. So, I don't want to read into that, but obviously Brian Dable was pissed. What I thought was funny is we make the well-respected jokes because he's very nice to beat reporters. Is what my conclusion is. A bit and literally, Pat Leonard tweeted out like. About the Brian Dable glare, like that's on the head coach too. Like tackling is on the head coach too. When else does that happen?
1: Come on, Um, that was so lame. So yeah, the special teams had a bad night. Even even Eric Gray had a had a punt return where he looked uncomfortable fielding the punt, and he like fell down right at contact. Where it's like he didn't he didn't call for fair catch. So if he catches that ball, he could have gotten his head decapitated.
0: And we've been at them. Like I don't see much comfortable preseason practices or. You know, special teams practices. Uh, Let's talk about the defense, because that's what's... The defense actually had some, like, really good moments.
1: Special teams did lose this game, by the way, with the punt return. Like, that touchdown is off the board, and then the Giants win this game.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Defense. Jason Pinnock. Oh, we're starting them back there. He had five plays. (laughs) One interception. Yeah. Which was really good coverage by uh, Trey Hawkins and Deontay Banks on that, off of a Tamon Fox hit. He had a tackle for a loss. And then on fourth and one, they throw the ball. And that I thought that was a better play than the interception where he, he's he got man coverage on Sam Laporta, keeps close, gets uh gets inside and breaks the pass. He, I mean, he had an interception, a tackle for a loss, and a pass breakup on five plays and had really good coverage uh, and man coverage versus Sam Laporta, who everybody loves. Obviously, he's a rookie tight end. I think he's going to have some struggles. But Pinnock, if it wasn't clear, has won that starting job and you see the athleticism you see the ability to despite being a college corner to come up and be physical in the run game and make hits like jason pinnock is going to be the starting safety
1: for the new york giants jason pinnock be like you've been starting me for the last week week and a half at for number two safety you literally haven't even rotated me in or out why am i playing today
0: yeah, I mean they they took him out after that second drive. They're All right, like, okay. you're good. Yeah, like we we've, we've seen enough out of you. We can put <laughs> Dane Belton
1: and Bobby McCain in the game. I want to apologize to Jason Pinnock because I I was a huge I I am a huge Pinnock stand. Not, not, nothing changed, but hearing the Dane Belton injury thing last year put me a little bit more on the Belton hype train. Being like, okay, well. When Belton was out there, you know, he looked a little good. Had an interception, almost had an interception against the Seahawks last year, where he baits Geno Smith into like a little bit of a throw on third down. So it's like, all right, well, I picked Dane Belton to lead the team in interceptions this year, which he may because Dane Belton did have an interception. Yeah, the team that didn't get any interceptions through all
0: camp got two interceptions in this game.
1: How many interceptions did they have last year? Eight. Eight? They're, they got 25% of the way there today um, in, in one preseason game. I didn't like that. But uh, imagine the Giants have eight interceptions through three games and they match what they did in like seventeen games last year. But anyway, you know, with Pinnock, I that was a guy that I, I loved last year. I, I loved that we picked him up after the the initial cutdown day. Um I loved the his athleticism. I love the way that he tackles. I love the way that he plays and you know even last year um I, I like his impact that he made on the team uh for the value that you know he he that we have him at right now. I really do like him and I'm and I apologize to Jason Pennock that I Straight away from saying that you should be the clear cut starting safety. I yeah.
0: apologize. And and that's what he is now. That's what he I is. want to talk about the corners before we talk about other safeties, the Deontay Banks and uh and Trey Hawkins. We should. Um Banks look comfortable out there. Now the deep shot to Jameson Williams, if he doesn't alligator arm that that's like a fifty yard catch.
1: But I will say the saving grace of that play is like Jameson Williams was a drop. He dropped the ball. But you can see Banks and I. I don't. know, Somebody pointed this out to me. It may have been research, Rick, and may have been somebody else who's smart, who who you know, who I follow. Deontay Banks does reach his arm in there and kind of disrupts the, the the overall. It's not like Deontay Banks just lets Jamison Williams drop that ball. Banks is kind of working his hand in there without getting flagged and not being too grabby. So it wasn't he an made awesome a good play. play on it. But yeah.
0: that, that did come after. He dropped it. Okay. Like yeah. it's like he drops it and then Banks kind of gets in there. So maybe if maybe if like he does an alligator arm that and the ball actually because the ball doesn't hit him like right in the palms. It hits him at the fingertips because the alligator arms it. So if he doesn't alligator, maybe Banks does break that up. But nonetheless, he did get beat deep um by Jamison Williams. But besides that, I thought he looked pretty damn good. Didn't allow a catch. Like the Dane Belton inter- the Dane Belton interception, that was really good by Deontay Banks. He actually kind of lost the release. And man coverage, fought for inside leverage. And even if that's a good throw, that's probably a Deontay Banks pass breakup on Jamison Williams. Like, he looked good out there. It wasn't uh, targeted uh, outside. That. They had the offensive pass interference on he had him.
1: Yeah, that got covered and then where, the push-off.
0: Yeah, where I was like, oh, no. like They didn't they didn't complete it, but it was like if a good quarterback throws it. But it was a clear push-off. So was he push was off. in good position there and forced the forced them to – the only way for him to get open is a push-off like that. So I thought Deontay Banks looked – really comfortable out there, which is what I want to see out of Banks. Not necessarily like great results. I just want to see him play with comfort.
1: Yeah, and I think the like the trend of the last week and especially maybe even like the joint practices versus the Lions is Deontay Banks not looking perfect, but also at the same time, he hasn't allowed barely any catches over the last week, week and a half of Giants camp. Now, Trey Hawkins, on the other hand, continues to impress, but Trey Hawkins has started to allow some more catches. You know, he got the Amon Ross St. Brown treatment this past week against Detroit Lions and some of those practices. Trey Hawkins did allow some catches and did have some bad moments during the Lions game. So, like, we're seeing, like, Trey Hawkins, like, I think, like, his better plays are just so dominant. And then Deontay Banks... Like isn't perfect, but is still being effective over the last course of the week, and well, it's that just matches not even being targeted, that matches good. the what we've seen in Giants camp through the last week. Well, I went and watched like Trey Hawkins
0: and Jonte Banks were the things I watched the most closely in the rewatch outside of the interior offensive line. Trey Hawkins gave up three catches from off coverage, so like again, they were playing ten yards off. They throw like a like offense. Those are the plays that offenses take when you got off coverage and you're not game planning for a preseason game. So I, those. Those I don't mind. Um his really bad play was a whip route that Tayshawn Bauer ended up knocking down the line of scrimmage at the at the red zone. I mean, that would have been a Trey Hawkins touchdown allowed where he he overcommits on on the slant part of the whip route and they pass back out. And I mean he he smoked him. Like it was if the if like let's if that happened to Deontay Banks in the passes, like you have Giants fans panicking, but the ball gets knocked down. He's a six-round pick, so there's a different standard. Yep. Um, so that was there, and then the play. I went back and watched this too because there was that hole shot on thir- that sh- that throw up the sideline on a third down. And it's like, yeah, oh, well, well, out. It was cover two, so it was a good read. It was a good job by the quarterback firing that in there for a hole shot. Like Banks was doing his j- or Hawkins was doing his job. Was Bobby McCain, McCain supposed to get over there. McCain was getting over. I mean, it was to me, it was just a really good throw by by yeah. their quarterback, Nate Sudfield. Fuck you, Nate Sudfield. Uh it was a really good throw by Sudfield. Oh. Where he just kinda like, you know, gave gave the look to make sure Hawkins, you know, stayed in that that flat, you know, that range by the sticks and then fired it in there. So that's a great safety, like other than McCain can maybe get over there and make a play, but that's that was just a good quarterback play. And then Flot was the one man that <laughs> that he won, he came he left with an injury. Abdomen injury. He got beat on an out route where they missed the throw, and then they went for it on fourth down, and he gets he gets smoked on a corner, smoked on a corner route, and the quarterback just throws a horrible pass. Yeah, under throws him. Which is, which is what we have seen from Cordell Flott in camp. It's the out routes that is, he really, really struggles. So he plays with this inside leverage, and those guys get, get on the outside on those out routes or corners, and we, we saw him get targeted twice and get beat twice. But simply just bad throws by the quarterback didn't make him pay for that, and now he's dealing with an injury. Like and McCann, uh, Darnay started over him. Like it's at a point now where flot's gonna have to do a lot to get that nickel corner yeah. job because it looks like it looks like it's Darnay Holmes' job to lose. I mean, he's practiced. Th- there's been one practice in those last seven practices where Darnay wasn't, and it was that Monday practice where it was essentially a, like a walkthrough. That's the only single uh, time that they have. Anytime they've done eleven or eleven in the last seven practices, Darnay Holmes has been the starter. Where Flaw
1: and and it's you can't really hate on it because Flawt is not winning that job. No, he's not. He's not. I'm I'm gonna keep banging this drum and I'm gonna try and manifest it as best as I can. I really hope the starting slot corner for the New York Giants is not on the roster right now. And we didn't see Nick McLeod. <laughs> tonight which you know that that reminded me of that as he's like being transitioned to safety and are you a slot corner are you a safety are you whatever are you a swiss army knife so i'm hoping and manifesting that the this pro personnel department dennis hickey whoever can go out there and see if we can find a you know like a nick mcleod last year like a jason pinnock like a fabian moreau except we need that for the slot corner
0: the safety is going back there yeah I almost had my Javarius Owens moment where oh. he, he jumps a play and almost gets an interception. I mean, gets his hands on it and just like f- gets through there. Almost has that interception. Almost had that play, but then the next play they like motion in their tight end and he puts him on his ass like as as like you know quote unquote setting the edge. The the run went the opposite way, but Owens still put him on his ass. And then also there was a third and goal at the seven where. The Lions were gonna run the ball, try and get it to like fourth and goal at the three. And what he gets in there and and gets a run stop on third and goal at the seven, and then they kick a field goal instead. So it stops them from going a fourth down, even though we maybe win the game if that doesn't happen. Um I I was excited about him. Like I thought he looked good. And then Alex Cook, the UDFA, who we we talked about him at the last camp practice, and you you talked about him specifically. Yeah. He was going in there, firing off in the run game. He had the most game. tackles, it's, it's, seven tackles, led the team. Yeah, especially in the red zone. So, um, I thought that was pretty impressive out of him. Like you said, seven tackles, three solo. Like again, Cook's not making his way onto the roster, but he can make his way onto the practice squad. Where I don't like, does anyone think he's making the practice squad at the start of camp? I don't, I don't know, but he, I,
1: I certainly didn't think so. But
0: now he's like, okay, he's your he's a practice squad safety who you can play up in the box, um, yeah, and not not the best athlete,
1: but I just feel like he's a good football player.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. So, but I was, I was dying inside because Owens didn't put an interception. That would have been. But he moment. was he was m- going out there and making plays, and I was excited to at least see that. Yeah. Um, at
1: one point, somebody, I think I, I could be wrong, I think it's like a comb that some guys put in their hair. And it's and it's like it it's like a pick. There you go, pick. And it like waves around. I think somebody at one point took it out of his helmet. And I thought he was about to start a fight with somebody on the Lions sideline, but he just was like, Give me that. And he just took it back from somebody. And I thought that was a funny moment. No, but I'm really excited for Javari Sowens. I need I need like a highlight like big hit. Like something is something is going to come in the next two games for Javari Sowens. Whether it is a big hit, he lays somebody out a sack an interception something that Javarius Owens is going to be like a, it's going to be like a holy shit did you see that moment I mean he just plays with like his ass on fire I love it yeah like even like the, the almost
0: interception was a, a very instinctual play where he, he goes in there the run stop was really good you know lighting up like I'm going to post I, I posted the clip already of him just light like putting a tight end on his yeah. ass um, I think they should keep him over Bobby McCain I, well I think they're going to keep both of them um and maybe by the game moves back to the freaking nickel, the way the nickel corner position oh, is. Oh, God, please no. Uh, <laughs> edge, which I'm surprised we're talking about this this late. Habakkuk Baldonado had two sacks. One got taken off the board for roughing passer. That wasn't rough roughing passer. And a QB hit. Timon Fox had two QB hits and made plays in the run game. One QB hit less to the Jason Pennock. Basically forced a turnover over Timon, Timon Fox Oh, O'Shane Zimons did have a quarterback hit but outside of that he was not didn't do anything as a pass rusher and he gets consistently moved in the run game. Like I think this position battle should be open. Jihad Ward and the two starters didn't play and Ocean is going up against backups did nothing. Did nothing. We I no he didn't have the quarterback hit. So did he did something. But it just consistently gets moved off in the run game. And as this team is trying to stop the run this year, having O'Shane Zimenez on the field is going to be a liability for that. And he doesn't give you anything as a pass rusher. Like, he doesn't really rush with the plan. Like, even – even like, it was a second effort on the quarterback hit that he had where I, I don't – I mean, I don't love having Fox out there or Bald- – but Baldonado looked good in the run game. And Baldonado did what he did does well as a pass rusher. Now, this is against third stringers, so you don't want to overreact to it. But, like, he used his power. Like, he got to that inside shoulder and 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 pushed, and pushed the pocket and got uh, two sacks. One was on the quarterback running up the pocket, but he also had, like, hey, he got a matchup with the tight end, jacked him up, and, and turned it into a quarterback hit. So, I hope that this is a waiver position, that we're claiming somebody, even though we're lower on the waivers than we have been in previous years, uh, but yeah, that was... It's just every time you look at O'Shane Ziminez in the run game, he's getting moved off the spot. consistently. bad. Consistently. I, like by tight ends, too. Not just offensive tackles. By tight ends. Like I talk about Baldondo having a good play on a tight end. Well, when O'Shane Ziminez is on a tight end, they're moving him.
1: I just don't know what to say at this point, man, like with O'Shane. What, what is the allure? What is the allure for this coaching staff? Familiarity. He, he had the nice QB. And I you said this last year. I honestly think it's the fact that somebody on the coaching staff or, or front office, whatever, maybe had a good eval on O'Shane Zeminis from Old Dominion, and that's what they're sticking with. And yeah, he had the nice QB hit, but I inevitably and ultimately feel like his pass rush ability absolutely does not make up and I put pass ability in quotes because well, this college
0: film was really good. Like it's better than any of these other guys the other have Dominion. out
1: there. But, but it does not make up for the embarrassment he is in the run game. Well,
0: they didn't want to bring him back. Like they wanted to draft someone there, and then they didn't. And
1: okay, it but but, but you good. have Tom and this isn't saying. Okay, but Timon
0: Fox had a worse like pass rush win rate than him last year. But I would rather have Fox. I think he plays better. In the are you run
1: looking game. for your edge four to give you pass rushing upside? Like, but my point—the point is—is is that I'm, I'm O'Shane Zimenez to, to be able to set the edge in the get run game. Osh, O'Shane Zimenez and his pass rush ability—and I put that in quotes—does not make up for the embarrassment that he is on the run, and that—that's the main point.
0: Yeah, and that's I, the main I, and point. I think Fox should—I think Fox should be just as like getting just as many reps with the second team as O'Shane yeah. Zimenez.
1: And the QB hit that he had on the Pinnock—the Pinnock interception matched a very very similar rep he had during the lines during practice this week I know you were watching the offense but it felt like I was day de- it felt like it was in deja vu um you know I know nobody else basically saw that but it it very much matched exactly what he did this past week um two QB hits on the day like you said he had a run stop here and there too yeah um and this isn't like this is new for Timon Fox. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and say that he can get QB hits like this during the regular season and have like these game impact plays, but he can stop the run. He can set an edge and he can give you a flash here and there as a pass rusher. And I just cannot say the same for O'Shane Zimenez, and I know for a fact O'Shane Zimenez will still be ahead of Timon Fox. And you could say that, like, oh, you're 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 we're being dramatic or accuse us of of we're not trusting the coaches, but this stuff does matter. Like who your edge for is does matter, because you saw it early on in the season last year, how quick Aziz and Kay, guys like Aziz and Kayvon can go down. Oh, yeah, it absolutely matters.
0: Um, we can finish off with linebacker stuff. Habakkuk, Baldana, though, Justin Tuck, Bow, Bow yeah, celebration. And they freaking took it back. It was such a bullshit call. Hey, yeah,
1: but then he did it again. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Jordan Riley. I saw you had one run stop. It was nice. Nice one, one, one run stop. Uh, I thought, I, I actually, in like in my rewatch of the game, I want to, I wanna like, seek out jordan riley as i thought he started out the game a little weak but then finished off with with a nice run stop in particular really big dude did a great job using the lineman against him sheds the block swims around um the center comes up um comes a swims around and across the lineman wraps up drives him to the ground um after bowser got there initially um untouched so I'm all in on Jordan Riley for interior defense alignment five. If they I think they will carry five. Yeah, um, I
0: think he I think he will end up being the fifth guy.
1: Once DJ Davidson works his way back from injury, I think Jordan Riley just shows just flashes more. there's no other interior defense alignment I think that's that was out there tonight that has a shot at making the team. But Jordan Riley being that uh, sixth round pick, he wasn't he where was he seventh did, round pick. He did make it to the seventh round. So what a what a like exciting Day three for the Giants this year, like I even 2020, we like some of those guys like Carter Coughlin, Cam Brown. We were we were, you know, take a take uh, Crowder. We were really excited about in 2020. But I mean, even like that day three in 2020 just had a lot of picks. But we are really excited for these day three picks for the Giants this past year. Yeah. Yeah. Interior Uh, linebacker. I thought Mike McFadden was the only one
0: out there that looked good. I mean, it was Carter Coffin and Cam Brown. Carter Coffin made some plays, but he missed some plays too. Yeah. It's kind of like what Carter Coffin is, is a linebacker. He's the epitome of a fun preseason player. Yeah. I mean, they're both. Carter, I don't really need to evaluate Carter Coffin and Cam Brown. They're special teams players, and I want them on. I do want both those guys on the team. Like, you, you actually see those guys make plays on special teams. Um, Deontay Johnson didn't look out of place, Troy Brown did a little bit. But Micah McFadden, like I saw him make a few run stops. I thought he diagnose, uh, diagnosed stuff well. He was patient. He had a quarterback hit, um, and he's also the starter there too. Darren Beavers didn't play, which I don't know if it's something, uh, it's something like new that he's banged up with, or simply just taking him, bringing him back slowly. Because uh, he's mentioned that in press conferences, and uh, so I don't know exactly why um, he didn't play, but he didn't play and. You know, he's coming off that injury. So, I mean, that that is Michael McFadden's job. Now, linebackers can look better in preseason because it's a lot simpler for them. It's a lot simpler reads. So, you don't... I'm not going to go, Oh, look, Michael McFadden's good now. But he did have a good game.
1: Yeah. The one per, the one particular play where he had a run stop takes on a block really well. I don't know if... It, it might have been a fullback or yeah, a he didn't tight even end. make the
0: tackle on this play. But there's a fullback and he goes in. I thought he did he, make the and tackle. And he, le- he levers in on it and just just sl- just puts that shoulder in and pushes him back and then funnels the tackle to somebody else for a run stop yeah yeah he also did have a run stop there was another play where he's being patient of our zone the running back cuts back he's there he fills the he fills the uh fills the gap and makes a stop um so solid day for him I mean, is there anything else you want to want to hit on i know we went kind of quick through this but no
1: uh Brian Dabo got angry a lot. Penalties, hey, clean it up. You know, this is your second and third team. Giants had a lot of dumb penalties tonight too. Gotta get those out in preseason. Gotta get, gotta get those out of the way in the preseason. It's the preseason for everybody. They say um, the refs missed about like three, or, like three or four face mask penalties. But anytime the Giants grabbed the face mask, they called it. So home cooking. The 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 refs had lion the. The refs had Lions plus three, actually, and they they won. So good good for them. The NFL's cracking down on gambling, not um I had the Giants at
0: seven uh, over seventeen and a half. They scored sixteen. Shit. Fuck you, White Davis. Whoa. I went and found the review of the one star being like you guys are too, being too mean Imagine to Wyatt Davis. You guys are being too mean on Wyatt Davis. Well, guess what? I knew this day would come. I knew this day where he'd you come knew, and ruin the It's
1: your first. fault. It's your fault that if you weren't so mean to Wyatt Davis, the universe wouldn't have put him on the Giants. <sighs> Brian Dable gave the biggest stink eye to Thomas McGahee. And I know we talked about it, but I just want to reemphasize. I, I saw that, and I immediately was like, I felt like Brian Dable was looking through my soul.
0: Oh, it was like a, the only time I've ever seen him give that look in a game is at referees. Can
1: I give an observation? Um, when I went to joint practice, when Joe Judge was the head coach, remember him? When I went to the Giants Patriots joint practice in 2021, there was one man that Joe Judge screamed the most at for two days straight. Do you want to know who it was? Uh, what was the other guy's name? Thomas. Snope. it was not. It was it, Dan Quinn, I guess, was a close second. Uh, but Thomas McGahee, he just screamed at Thomas McGahee for two days in a row. And I don't necessarily fully always know the context, but I just knew that the screams were being directed at him. But he's very well respected in the building, Bobby.
0: Yeah, it's it's if there wasn't confirmation that he is extremely friendly with the media and gives them information, you got it today that when <laughs> Brian Date like Brian Dable is like glaring at him. That team's like, well, that's on the head coach too, which I do kind of agree with that. But
1: uh, it's also the fucking preseason, Pat Leonard. Uh, there, you have the eighty-fifth, ninetieth, and eightieth guys running out there on special teams, trying to make. Like, well, trying then, to can make you blame their,
0: that on McGee? Then,
1: <sighs> yeah,
0: because I don't like him. How about that? I do want to, like, and I like Brian Dable. So here's <laughs> so, is what I want to ask them: What happened on Narratives. the? Where they just let the ball drop?
1: Like yeah, is, that, is
0: that like what is that like? Have you guys prepared for that? Because the Giants themselves were kicking the like because this new fair uh, catch rule. Yeah, are kicking the ball short every single time, and I know it's preseason, so I'm not expecting to do that in the season re- necessarily. But they're at least trying it out and seeing how they could do it. So, um, all right, that's an episode. See ya. We appreciate you. Go Tommy DeVito. Go Tommy DeVito. I'll see you at the Bills. Oh wow. At the Bills game, Bobby Skinner and I will not see each other for months. Heading back to Florida, do appreciate you guys on this camp tour. I mean, we still have all our player profiles in preseason, so we're, we still we're having interviews with other people, so still have a lot of training camp coverage. Seasons over, back uh, to come up the pike, but we'll see you next year. So, but we do appreciate you guys. We will see you when we see you. Until then, let's go big blue.